Hey, Brent. Hey, how you doing, Brad? Good. Let's talk about this Fed meeting tomorrow, which is going to be May 4th. I think I believe today's May 3rd. So um, let's chat a little bit about how to prepare. How do you prepare for it? And how do you think about events in general uh, ahead of time versus just kind of spontaneously letting it play out? Great. Uh, it's a fantastic topic. Uh, so I guess the first thing to go over would be like, what do you what do you do? First, I mean, I guess you read a preview of what everybody else is expecting the Fed to do, right? Yeah, yeah. When I was, I remember, um, you remember those sheets I used to make when we used to work together at the oh, yeah. prop firm in Chicago. And I make, I used to make these long sheets um, and really over prepare. And I would write down, um, I would read probably 10 different previews from different banks and stuff online. I would write down on uh, all the expectations of the dissenters and who were the hawks and who were the doves. And I would, I would be aware of um, what, what the biggest surprise was. So you always want to go in there knowing what's the biggest shock to the market because that's kind of the first like click trade right away, which often never happens, but maybe every couple of years it happens. So you want to be aware of that. Right. And then, and all, that's, all that stuff is pretty much free and available on the, yep. on the internet. It's yep. free, available. Yep, <clears throat> exactly. So that's the biggest thing. And then the next thing I would do is look at all the levels in the important related markets. So for S&Ps, it's going to be um, S&Ps, NASDAQ, and the 10-year, maybe the 30-year, but mostly the 10-year notes, futures, and the, and the the corresponding big round numbers in the yield, like 3% and 2.75%. Exactly. And that's pretty much what I would do. Um, pretty simple, actually, but just aware of the landscape and aware of, um, and then I would be aware of the sentiment in the market and the negativity or the, you know, or the exuberance uh, that we were coming into it with. And, but going forward, I have learned to prepare a little bit less than I used to still being aware of those things, but maybe not getting so heady with the reading. And the reason for that is because sometimes what happens is I get something in my head uh, and I, I kind of and less flexible. And as we know, with Fed days, they can be really nice trading days, but things occur that you don't, you can't quite totally predict. So it's better sometimes to have a clear head as you're aware of those things. Totally agree. Like, I think that, I think that it's really important to, to read and be prepared to understand what is happening within the meeting. But I think it's, you can also do yourself a disservice by having some preconceived notion of what the market should do when the Fed statement is released and when they have uh, the press conference after having some idea in your head, like, well, this is what should happen can sometimes can sometimes create a tough situation when you're not, it allows you to be less flexible. Yeah. And you, you're really good at um, just kind of rolling in and knowing what you need to know and not knowing a whole lot more. And I think that that's, I've learned from you on that. And, and but some small things that I think, well, maybe not small things, but important things that we have talked about in the past that people should be aware of is a lot of times you have algos and headline jumping of keywords and such. So a lot of times you might get something that flashes. So the bonds, the the on, on Federal Reserve days, the equities often follow the price of the bond futures because they're very sensitive to the direction of interest rates. So if bond futures are going down a lot, it means interest rates are going up a lot, which usually puts pressure on equities. Um, it's often what, what you can get is an algo selling headline where somebody dissents extra or something like that. And they'll blow out a bunch of stops and the equities will follow the bonds down, for example. And then after that pressure is released, the market will just move the other way. And a lot of times people will get confused by, so it's important to understand like what, 
words and things and phrases are important to key on. And you have to know where those big levels are, like 3% in the 10-year or big stops in the S&P where there's lots of support resistance areas. Because a lot of times they'll just take those out and then they'll actually decide to either continue or make a move the other way. So I want to I want to just clarify a little bit what you were uh, just talking about for some of our readers or listeners. And that is that like when you talk about an algo taking something out, what you mean is that it's reacting to a specific word or something that happened in the press release. Exactly. Exactly. And so what that can do is if you are aware of why that because let's face it, like anybody who's listening to this, you and me, we, we aren't running algos. We're not fast enough. Our, our servers aren't connected to the CME, you know, with milliseconds ahead of everybody else. We're not going to be on those. So we're probably not going to catch the press release or catch that first move off of anything. That's really, it's a rare thing for us nowadays because we're so slow. But if you can understand why the move happened and then decipher whether like, oh, that's not as they misinterpreted it or you know, maybe it shouldn't have reacted as much as it did. That will sometimes open up a door for a trade, a secondary trade when you can trade based on what the algos just did or what the, the, you know, knee jerk reaction to the market was. That's why, that's why it's important to know what the, the fed is planned on doing, planning on doing and know all the different variables. Yeah, I think that exactly. Uh, And sometimes, We've looked at so many of these, that's just, you take it for granted, but that's what we're doing inside of our heads every time as we're, we're, and that's when we find sometimes stupid news trades or other things on these events Mm -hmm. can come from someone reacting to a keyword that really just gets the market offside, sets off some stops because of the the algo and machine trading. And then it's, you know, then it's like, okay, what's the trade now? And then that's when oftentimes you can't predict that ahead of time. You could never predict that. But if you're open and flexible and you're aware of the, the kind of the, the context around the event, then you you can come up with those setups. And sometimes they'll, you have a multiple trades then off of that next setup. Right. And so Ed, if everybody has been, most of the people who are trading equities lately in the major indexes, I've noticed that we're moving pretty much in tandem with, uh, with uh, fixed income, meaning 10-year, 30-year. And so as the price of uh, fixed income goes up, IE yields go down, equities have tended to rally. And that's actually something that holds true on most FOMC meetings, because if the Fed is dovish, that's good for bonds and also good for stocks. It's one of those few times. Normally they have an inverse relationship, but during the Fed meeting, usually it's you know a direct correlation. So what, that's that's one of the things that I'm always looking for when I'm trading the fed is like what is the fixed income doing yeah that's and that's interesting because it's a special case because you know over the years in a panic day it'll be the opposite on a pan a true panic day which doesn't happen very often you'll see the flight into bonds is the safe haven and you'll see them sell equities or vice versa on a different kind of day and but on, on fed day it tends to move together and then on regular days it tends to like lately it's moved together because interest rates are the driver of kind of pushing down tech valuations and other things mm-hmm. as the Fed has gotten so aggressive and kind of caught the market off guard. But then once the market catches up to that, you'll see it change again and you'll it's less useful on an everyday basis. But on the Fed meeting, like you said, it tends to be very useful. So it's just, it's hard to, dis- to describe uh, this relationship as something you can use every day, but you just have to be aware that it's it, it matters when it matters and you have to kind of figure out when that is. 
So what is your game plan for tomorrow? Do you have any do you have any setups in mind going into it? No, because I haven't what I do is I, I just prepare in the morning. So I will go look at mm-hmm. it tomorrow morning. And I think the best thing for us to do is do another uh, podcast after the meeting and go over uh, you know, things that we saw, trades that we did, and then help people kind of figure out, um, oh, okay, I see how you looked at that or how you maybe missed you screw that up or whatever we ended up doing. Um that's that's probably how I'm gonna look at it. I mean it's it it's not a surprise to me that we came off the lows a little bit and kind of gave the Fed a chance to go either way with their tone. So the market usually doesn't like to get pinned to one direction going into it. So um, that's not a surprise to me. But how about you? Yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, I'll do the most of my preparations right before, meaning the day of, uh, because then you can get a better idea of where the market is set up. I try to think of, of where everybody's positioned and how they're positioned and what the what the Fed does if the Fed does this, what does that mean for everybody's position? Are they off offsides or off balance? I mean, you know. So sometimes it's not uh, you don't know what everybody's doing right up until like an hour or so before. Well, and also I think you don't even know what they're doing until it happens because this is that's yeah. kind of that's kind of our whole point of this this podcast is that we don't over prepare besides the fact that we need to know the major levels and the major. Uh, talking points and after that it's just simply allowing it to happen knowing that you're probably not going to catch the first push move and then there's always like a second a third and sometimes even a fourth move on these days where you can react and figure something out so it's really just uh it's don't overthink it some events are different where you need to have um more prep but a lot of them end up as you do them you'll see that uh, sometimes less is more to keep, keep an open mind and that's that's you know, I always want to overwork everything, and sometimes it's just not not useful. Right? Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Right? Yeah. It's just like it's like uh, what do they say? It's not or whoever they are. Um, they, there's always a they <laughs> in the market. <laughs> it's uh, it's not uh, it's simple, but it's not easy. I think that's it. It is. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Okay. Great. You well, know let's, what? Go ahead. let's leave it at that. One of the I just wanted to note that, like, on a future podcast, I would like to talk about. Uh, you know, the types of levels we use, how we get them, and how we use them. Sounds good. Maybe uh, we can do that through through examples, too. Sure. Great. All right. Good luck, everybody. All right. Talk to you tomorrow. See ya. Okay, bye.